Welcome to Channel Smart, where we take on the challenges of channel evolution, indirect routes to market, alternate and shadow channels, and our mission to save the channel. The channel landscape is super complex, and navigating your business through that complexity can be daunting. That's where JS Group comes in. We help tech vendors, distributors, and channel firms succeed where others fall short. Welcome to Channel Smart, where we're saving the channel one podcast at a time. And hello to all our listeners. This is Janet Shines of the JS Group, and I'm joined today by the amazing, incredible Heather Tenuto, who is CRO of Ziff Solutions. Hi, Heather. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Janet. Excited to have you here and excited about everything you're doing at Ziff, working in the channel and bringing such great tools and insight and data uh, out there. So to the listeners, if you don't know Heather uh, or you don't know Ziff Solutions, take it, take a look, check it out. Uh, just an amazing human being and an amazing company. But you know, Heather, as I was getting ready for today's podcast, I was thinking the last time I saw you uh, in person was just about a month ago. We were both dragging our bags through a hotel lobby and across <laughs> an outdoor facility in what felt like 150 degrees in Orlando uh, at an industry event, which feels a little bit like the norm of late. <laughs> At least for me as a road warrior, we seem to be getting back on the road um, with this super strong push to see each other and close the year. So how are your travels going since I saw you last? You know, um, what I've noticed about travel um, in the last few months now that we're back at it is that everyone who's out there is really pushing to create value out of those trips and those conferences, right? Like we learned a lot about what we could do from home. And so I think we'd love to be out and talking to our channel friends. But for me, I know for you and for, for everyone we're meeting, like we're looking to do business, right? And make things happen and make sure the time we're using out um, and out of our comfy home offices is being productive. And I absolutely love it. I do too. And I have to tell you, I love that culture shift. It's so good that you brought that up because I think we all learned a few new tricks that we didn't necessarily always uh, have to get on a plane to participate. I think we learned to pass by a couple of things without FOMO and um, seeing that more and more, right? Where people are, are justifying, Hey, why are we going? Particularly as we head into next year as you know, budgets are still in flux. People aren't a hundred percent sure uh, what's going to happen with the economy. And so I love that you brought that up because I think that, that's part of the change that's happening overall in channels or ecosystems um, as we look at it here at JS Group is that, you know, the rate and the pace of change um, in what matters, in, in what gives return on investment on, you know, that perseverance in the channel that leads to productivity really has evolved. And as I, you know, read all the analyst reports and even our own team's research here at JS Group, that pace of that change is applying to a lot of things, right? Cost to channel, ROI on MDF, um, usage of tools, you know, how, how channel partners are being engaged with. But we're also hearing a big shift in what channels matter. You know, we're hearing a lot about marketplaces and we have been hearing that for a couple of years, right? Um, and most recently, the buzz is all around alternate channels mostly around influencers and referral or shadow channels. A lot of that being driven by our mutual friend, Jay McBain, I think, uh, at Canalis. <laughs> but it seems like everybody's talking about, right, 
this trend of, and, and Microsoft's the best example in the industry, non-transacting partners. And they're starting to really impact how our clients at JS Group think about their channel strategy, their programs, how they think about demand gen. And you know we're working with them tirelessly to make sure they capture that upside and don't miss the opportunity here. And I know you are as well. I know whenever I speak to anybody about Zips, people are saying, hey, they're out there innovating um, with us and they're kind of in the pitch with us. So what are you seeing in these new influencer and referral channels at Zift as you speak to the vendors and the suppliers and also the partners, you know, where you're a fan favorite as a kind of legendary channel chief uh, from the industry? So we talked before about everyone's really looking to do business. And it's no different with vendors and suppliers. Everyone, especially in these unsure economic times, are looking for ways to drive revenue, specifically drive demand, right? Without, with maybe not so much investment. Like, how do we do the best with our, with our dollars? You and I know over, over many years that one of the attractive pieces of indirect channels is that, um, there's not a lot of investment that happens up front, right? A lot of times we're only um, paying partners or um, ha- having to pay when, when something's sold, right? So that's always been attractive. And so now that we've learned this model works, what are other ways we can drive different channels to drive demand for, for the supplier or the brand? So none of that's surprising. Um, it, you know, we're sort of a victim of our own success here. These channels are are a little bit different. Um, you know, this this idea of non-transacting channels, I think, has a lot of subgroups. So referral partners and an influencer, they may not transact, like money may not ch- change hands at that level, but a lot of times they're driving the sale in some way. We'll refer someone to make the sale happen, Um an influencer may cause someone to buy something. So that's one type of non-transacting partner. The other type, and this is what you're seeing a lot from Microsoft, is the partner is providing value, but it may have nothing to do with the sale, right? right. It, it may be help, helping drive um, drive adoption because companies know that, you know, net retention is really important and as important as uh, as new revenue. So those partners have a lot of value as well. So... What I love what I'm seeing is that suppliers are taking a step back and starting with the North Star, how do our customers want to buy? And then what kinds of partners, what roles can we give to partners to help us drive that ultimate journey? And then making decisions on how we invest on those channels based on that North Star, you know, what's going to be best for the customer. So our customers who in, in who use this platform, we're seeing them, you know, go out of the box on, on the different types of um, partners and the different roles they want partners to play and how to accommodate them. And then, and then driving some activity that we haven't seen before. Uh, an example I would use is we have some suppliers that help us have our partners talk to each other because they're not always competing, right? They just have different roles in the same customer journey. So how can we create an environment where partners can find each other? And that's new. Like, Janet, you know, we've always talked about like, we should try to put partners together. And it it was always really hard and kind of failed because you could never figure out how to make the money work. (laughs) But now we're doing it, right? We are, we are, yeah. 
So I'm, I'm excited and I, I feel really lucky because I get to work with, you know, hundreds of channel programs and get to see what they're doing. And um, it makes me happy. It, it gets me up in the morning for sure. I love that. I love that. Um, and, you know, it's funny talking about getting up in the morning. I was having this conversation today with someone just around that. And I think to a certain extent, um, a lot of vendors in the past two years because of COVID and everything else that's been happening and having to work remote and, and everybody needing technology at the same time. So everybody was pretty busy. Um, they a little bit sleepwalked into this strategy that the channel was changing. And while people nodded their head along with us when you and I, Heather, have spoken at events together and, and other things and said, look at this, this concept of partner to partner, partner mapping, um, you know, working with a partner who, to your point, drives retention or, or, or usage or even just, you know, better results um, with your technology is going to become important. Um, nodded along, but they kind of kind of sleepwalked through not doing anything, right? They were just kind of sleepwalking through a dream that said that might matter. And now it really is. And and the conversation I was having earlier today was like, look, you can't just kind of take um, a big paintbrush and say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a non-transacting or a referral or an influencer partner program. Because I'll tell you, you know, we're doing a bunch of research at JS Group as we are, you know, as we do. And um, Ashlyn Silva, who's running a research project for us right now, has been really digging in on these referral and influencer partners. And, you know, when you first talk about it, it sounds kind of glossy and easy. Like we're going to have influencers and we'll pay them for the influence and we're going to have referral partners and we'll pay them if they refer a deal that closes. But it's not a one size fits all channel in that way. It's not like the VAR channel when we all, you know, cut our teeth in this industry where you could have a simple resale contract and a pyramid program and you win. Um, in fact, what her research is showing is there are so many different types of paid and non-paid influencers. You've got solution referrals, you've got services, you've got sales referral partners, co-solution referral partners, you've got actual paid influencers, you have actually customer influencers, you have end user influencers, you have, um, you know, employees who are influencers. And it's just, you know, it's almost as if there are so many multiplicities of the types of partners that can be a referral or an influencer partner that everybody has to stop the sleepwalking and say, look, what type of influencer and referral partners actually going to work for me, for my solutions in my markets, in my end users with my channels versus trying to apply that wide paintbrush that ultimately doesn't serve any of the alternate channel partners effectively. In fact, there's an old saying that says if you took a, a five foot tall person and a seven foot tall person and you made a pair of pants to fit them, you'd make a pair of pants for a six foot tall person, which would fit neither of them. And so to a certain extent, some of the early entrants in this influencer and referrals have tried to make six foot pants and they haven't fit the channel. And so I think this growing referral and influencer channel in all its flavors is going to ultimately change how people use tools. It's likely going to mean more investment in marketing automation because you need different marketing motions when you have non-transacting referral influencer partners. And of course, as you mentioned, that partner to partner deal mapping. So I'm just wondering, do you see that impact on the tools as well? Um, and, and, you know, what are you seeing people come to the table with looking for from Zipped in that regard? That's a really great question, Janet. I think 
over the years, as all of this has been um, changing very quickly, we've seen a lot of suppliers try, as you say, paint with a wide paintbrush or try to put everybody into the same pair of pants. Um, and it doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is that when partners interact with you, when they come to your portal, when they talk to your cam, they want to feel like they're at home. They want to feel like that you understand their business. You know what you want from them and what they want from you. And the experience feels like they're home and they feel understood. And the challenge when you're using tools is how do you accommodate all the different types of partners that you want to address without having too many tools, because that becomes complicated and unwieldy. So what it's pushed us, and and I think other uh, solutions like us, um, is to make sure that we can create in one tool, an environment that's going to accommodate any kind of partner that comes. And so being able to create partner groups and partner views that change dynamically based on who the partner is and what their role is going to be and what they may have done yesterday versus today, um, being able to show them something different based on who they are is really important. So I think that at Zift, we put a lot of investment in making sure we can help a supplier create an environment for any type of partner that comes um, so that they feel like they're seeing what they need and not without a lot of other noise, because then they feel like, hey, I'm not sure this program is for me. And we know there's a lot of competition, a lot of people trying to win partner mindshare. So when you finally get them, when they come to your portal, when they're talking to your uh, channel account management team, you have to be ready to welcome welcome them and, and, and again, make them feel like they're home. So I think that's the first part of it. The second part and you touched on it before, is around marketing. So we work with all kinds of channel companies, some that um, are pretty mature, some that have been around for a couple of years, and then some that are just starting. And I worry about the ones that are new into channel because when they're evaluating tools, they may not have a lot of money to spend. And I often hear, hey, we're not so sure if we need the marketing piece right now. We're just getting started. And it's my opinion that when you're just getting started, especially facing um, an environment where there's lots of different channel partner types that could help um, you accelerate revenue, that the marketing is probably the most important thing. Because when you first meet a partner, whether it's an influencer, even a bar, MSP, anyone, um, while you're getting to know them, they're not going to invest a lot of time in in marketing your solutions. And so if you want them to do that, if you want them to take that step, you've got to make it like one click easy for them. Um, And then they'll start to see the return on uh, marketing for for your brand and they'll invest more. But in the beginning, you've got to make it easy. And that takes really sophisticated marketing automation tools to be able to do that. And you also want to make sure that those tools are living in the same place where they come to register a lead or register a deal or take a training course, right? So that it's all together in one place. Um, And again, they're having a great experience. They're not having to go to a bunch of different places to get what they need. And when they get there, they see what they need 
only what they need. Um, and it strength and so it, it strengthens the relationship and gets them productive uh, much more quickly. So those two things um, are really being pushed by all these different kinds of channel partners coming into the mix. Um, and we work really hard at Zip to make sure we're accommodating and helping our suppliers accommodate all of them. So Heather, I always like to ask questions that you don't know are coming. So my big question for you here as we wrap up the podcast is What's the big change, the big thing you see that's going to matter in 2023 for the channel? You know, um, this is a, there, there's so many things, but the thing I want to talk that, that I've been talking about and um, is this move for the channel to be really ingrained um, in the financial language of the companies they serve. And we're all about relationships. And I know that. And sometimes relationship people tend to be the people that really don't dive into the little numbers and, and the eye charts. But that it, there's no room for that anymore. Um, as channel leaders, our job is to prove that our route to market is the most efficient for a company. And now that our channel partners are doing more than just selling, they're, they're affecting all the lines of the P&L. And there's value uh, to all of it. So unless you have, don't, unless you need the language to be able to talk to your partners about what you expect of them, and then to talk to your board and your CEO and your CFO, most importantly, about how the investments um, they're they're making in our channel programs are returning in all the lines of the PL for the company. Um, and so I see my channel peers starting to make that pivot. Um, but I think in 2023, it's just going to be the standard. We're, we're all going to be, uh, you know, finance experts um, because I think the, the market demands it. And, and we're, you know, you're looking at, you know, there's lots of private equity investment happening in channel tech companies and channel um, distribution companies. And so it's forcing us all to kind of raise our financial acumen and our partners are going to benefit. So I think it's awesome. And I'm very excited about it for 2023. You know, I love what you're talking about. Uh, I think, you know, numbers matter right? P&L driven, know your numbers, know the impact, know the, not only the incremental, but the day-to-day, you know, efficient effectiveness that you have on that route to revenue and route to profit. And I've been saying this for a couple of years, the channel has been over time evolving. Again, to your point, relationships matter. Um, and that was an art, but we've been evolving to being scientists, right? And, and the science, the math matters. And the more that you as a channel leader can dig in, know your numbers, run to the data, create value by knowing those numbers and those data, something you've always done, Heather, you've always been able to stand up and really understand that where you were in that P&L and how you compared to other routes to market and why that simplistic evaluation that the CFO did about why the channels was um, less cost effective was completely wrong. And you were able to, to prove that and win over that finance team to where they wanted to help you. And I think that's just a magnificent um, 2023 prediction. And then my last question, really a simple one, but we always just want to know, you know, as you think of you know, Zift and, and where you guys are going in the next two to three years. Is there any one thing that I failed to ask you about that you wanted to highlight here and make sure that our listeners knew about? Oh, that's a good one. I think that um, 
our product team at Zift is amazing. And they're having these conversations with us, the, the salespeople in the field about what we're seeing. They're talking to people like you. And we are really, you know, to, to use the phrase again, skating to where the puck is going to be. And so um, I think we talk about future proofing, right? Like making sure you're making investment in tools, whether they're mine or, or, or someone else's um, that are going to grow not only with you, but with where the market's moving. And you know, the last 10 years, oh my goodness, right? Like how different is it? And so I think that's what I would just say. Um, I think, you know, I'm biased, but I think, you know, we're making those investments to make sure our, our suppliers can do what the channel needs. And um, I, I encourage everyone to watch us because um, I think it's going to be something pretty amazing. I think that's great. And congratulations on that and keeping your, you know, your pulse on the lifeblood in the industry is so important. And I know for those of you who don't know Heather, she really gets this industry. She's, you know, done this job. She's fought these battles. She's run these hills. And that's unusual. A lot of folks that that work on the tools end of the of the spectrum maybe don't have that experience. And so uh, excited to hear that your product team is not only tapping into the market, Heather, but also you personally for your experiences, because having worked with you in the past, I know that's some magical stuff that you bring to the table. So somebody wants to reach you or contact you about Zipped, how should they go about doing that? Uh, well, you can find me Heather Tenuto on LinkedIn. I answer my DMs, but also Heather Tenuto at ZipSolutions.com or just hit our awesome website, uh, request um, a demo or to talk to uh, a consultant and, and we'll be happy to, to help you out. But please, if you have any questions about the channel in general, um, I'm happy to answer them. Like I'm kind of a geek that way. So feel free. And we love you for being a geek. Thanks again. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening to Channel Smart, where we take on the challenges of channel evolution, indirect routes to market, alternate and shadow channels, and our mission to save the channel. Brought to you by JS Group, the world's premier channel consulting and digital marketing agency. Subscribe now on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and always be the first to access new episodes. For bookings, feedback, questions, or comments, feel free to reach us at info at jsgnow.com. 